Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Today we're going to talk about unlocking the secret energy of money. Let's begin by talking about the incredible energy of money. Most of the ancient spiritual traditions consider money as a source of energy. When you experience the flow of money, energy, you can change your life in many, many ways. Money can have a negative or a positive connotation. For many of us, just to say the name money can cause anxiety, fear, or sadness. Begin to think of money as energy flowing through your life that can create immense opportunities. Now, I grew up, in my own story about money, quickly, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family, as many of us have. My family controlled all the money in the house. My mother got handed a certain amount of money each week, and there were seven children. My father was also, sadly, very violent with serious mental problems. I lived my young life wanting to leave in terror, but my mother always told me over and over and over, year after year, we couldn't leave because she had no money. I will never forget the crippling fear of not having any money and not having any choice and having to live in that house of terror. So I learned early in my fractured life that money was critical for choices, for freedom, for life and death decisions, for safety, for confidence. Money is critical and essential. And I also learned that money flowed through my father and I sensed his power and his ability to choose. So I have always had a deep-seated fear of not having enough money and a panic-driven life about my fear of being poor, of being trapped, and being without any choices. My fear of someone else controlling my life hugely overshadowed my life. It took me many, many years of intense therapy and healing to learn how to shift from my intense fear of not having enough money to confidence and trust in money. Then one day, I, after my journey of therapy and help, I was in my postgraduate work, and there was a professor that was lecturing about money, and she was lecturing about money being energy, and it was a light bulb moment for me. The professor taught that believing money is energy, just like every other thing in nature, just like water, wind, sunlight, everything in the natural world, just believing that money is energy like this can transform your life. She said, money is energy that moves through your life. We can open up to this energy or our fear can close us off from this flow and we wither as something in nature. Money creates energy in many ways. First is freedom. Money can create freedom in your life. When you don't have enough money, we, get, we can get depressed, we can worry, we can be stressed out, we can live in a life of anxiety. Believe me, I know, I did it. Physically and mentally, you can feel imprisoned and constrained. If your finances are tight, you can begin to obsess about money all the time. It's tough, but try not to feel fear and anxiety each time you think about money. Repeat a positive affirmation like, I surrender my anxiety about money, or I know good things are happening in my future, and seek help uh, from a no-cost financial planner. If you just invest a small amount of money, a few hundred dollars at Schwab or anywhere else, you can get a financial planner that will guide you. You can find one also through community centers, churches, and online. 
this freedom thing makes a big big difference in your life because I entered my marriage feeling terror and fear about money. My husband came from a completely different childhood where there was confidence, they had money, regular checks, regular income, two loving parents. So he had no fear, absolutely. He lived, the, he, we came into that marriage having two opposite experiences of money. And his was more of a flow of money. He always believed, even if you lose it, hey, get another job, do something else, and you can create it. So we went through marriage counseling, too, because it became an issue in our marriage. So that was about freedom. Next is about choice. You create more choices in your life with the energy of money, whether you have enough money or are in financial straits. Just always remember, each dollar you spend, you're making a choice of where your energy is going. Next is power. When you have money, you create your own personal power. When you save and earn money, you can experience the flow of energy through all the facets of your life. Happiness. The flow of money through you into the world may allow you to create greater happiness in your life. There's a peace, there's a confidence that accompanies having money on hand. And of course, happiness is not dependent on money, but it can create greater mental and physical health and well-being you know, when, when you have money. And I don't, now I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about maybe $100, $200, $500 in a savings account, okay? Or being able to pay your bills and go out to have tacos. Whatever that is for you, okay? We're not talking about great wealth here. Next is legacy. The energy of money can help you create a legacy in the world. The energy of money can help you become a philanthropist or a humanitarian. Money can give you the ability to create a powerful legacy on the planet. You have the ability to create foundations, charitable organizations, help other people, animals. I'll tell you, um, you know, every single month I give to a shelter and they send me a picture of a dog or a cat and all that. I... So don't think whether it's $5 I send or $10, I feel like that's part of my legacy, that I saved a dog, I saved a cat, I made some family happy because by keeping that animal alive, it got to find a home eventually where it would have been put down. So, you know, whether it's foster care, you know, and you can donate 5 or $10 a month or whenever, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel whole participating in the world in such a cool legacy. So remember, it doesn't have. we're not talking about great wealth here. Once upon a time, remember this, a financial tale was woven for you and woven for me. Its plot was carefully crafted from your family experiences, from societal influences around you and cultural patterns. Even though the money story of your youth may not be representative of your future values, it has likely guided your entire financial life. And fortunately, you're not bound by that narrative of your past. Now, I remember my grandparents were raised during the Depression. So every time, once a week or once a month, I heard the story of the Depression, being in line for food. It was a real story. It drove my grandparents' life. My parents were raised during World War II. So there, were ration, there was rationing of gas, of money, milk was shortage, food was shortage. I mean, they grew up, you know, being very careful and knowing the shortage of everything during World War II. So I, those were real stories. These weren't fanatical, scary. So my grandparents and parents told me stories that also wove into my horrible situation of not being in control. So this happens to each of us. 
So the following steps will help guide you through the process of updating your financial perspectives, okay, and bringing them into you, into the alignment of who you are today, not the past. So replacing antiquated fears with fresh, inspiring thoughts will change your relationship with money, it'll change your relationship with other people, and the way it manifests in your life, okay? Step one. Notice your internal money dialogue. This was huge for me. We talk to ourselves all day long. Author Michael Singer, S-I-N-G-E-R, if you want to get his materials, called this mental chatter our internal roommate. Most of the time, we let that roommate babble on, and we don't pay much attention to it. The first step is rewriting your money story is to become conscious of what your inner roommate that's up in your brain real estate. Remember, that's your most prized real estate. And you've got this roommate living up there telling you about money. Does it ever whisper any of the following thoughts? You don't have enough money. You'll never be able to afford that. Wanting money is greedy. You don't need money because you're spiritual. You're not good with money. The more you give away, the less you're going to have for yourself. The only way to earn money is through hard work and lots of sacrifice. Oh my God, that was mine. Dealing with money is such a hassle. Finally, you get to a point where you don't have to worry about money. Mm -hmm. So as uh, your uh, uh, roommate, your financial roommate, who's taking up space in your brain, says, as you begin noticing these repetitive ideas, write them down. Don't concern yourself with changing the thoughts. Simply become aware of them is the first state. God, that was so huge for me. Step two, challenge habitual thought patterns. Okay, so you're rewriting your story means you got to discard these old beliefs that no longer reflect your current values. After you've written down your recurring financial thoughts, it's time for you to align with the new vision that holds a new future for you. For each statement that you wrote down in step one, ask yourself this. Did I create this idea or is it a product of somebody else's belief? Is this thought absolutely true? Hmm... I mean, if so, how do I know it? Is this belief one that will serve me in now and in the future or not? Does this idea align with who I want to be, who I see myself on that vision board that I look at about what I want for my future? Categorize your recurrent thoughts into keep and discard. Let's generate new. Step three is generating new thoughts. Okay, step three encourages you to let's rewrite our story in a way that aligns with your personal beliefs and convictions. Begin by writing down words that describe the feelings that you'd like to have about money, like security, safety, which is what I needed to get over, peace, that was huge for me too, generosity, wealth, and abundance. For each feeling that you depict, ask yourself a couple questions. What is my part in creating this experience? And what is the divine or the universe's part in bringing this experience to me, okay? So one is you doing, it's outward. I think of energy as outward. You're creating it. And the other, the universe, is you then becoming a magnet, bringing the money experience to you. You'll see that there's always something you must do and a corresponding response from the universe. This is the process of co-creation, okay? Co-creation with life. That's what I believe life is. 
co-creation. For example, if you're considering the value of generosity, you may discover that if you give generously, you know, you're part of the money, you're not going to believe that it also flows back. It's very cool. I did. Th- I do that all the time when I'm getting a little panicked or money or something. I always give it away. I, I give something away. doesn't matter what it is, and it always comes back. Step four, create your own positive affirmations, okay? Financial affirmations are huge, and they need to replace that roommate in your head. You need a new roommate, okay? So give them their eviction notice. Bye, ya, okay? Then give your mental roommate the sc- a new script, the new one, to magnetize people, places, and experiences. Okay? Remember, your affirmations have to evoke change, and and this new perceived truth will change your life. So to create your affirmations, place the words like, I am. I am, which means now. I am secure. I'm peaceful. I'm confident. I'm generous. I'm wealthy. I believe in abundance. All of those things. Remember that in it is your essential nature. You must embody these qualities, okay? And also you might want to say, as I give generously, the divine or the universe brings unexpected income, energy, the money of energy into my life. Okay, next is you got to create a budget. I know, I hate it. I never did one, and it scared me to even think about one because I had to see exactly what I was doing. But having a budget makes sense. Let's just see exactly instead of telling yourself or arguing with your partner or spouse or your kids, you can actually look at it and go, hmm, I never knew I was spending that much money on, um, on this or that. And it also shows you budget busters. Like, you know, most people in America, only one in three people uh, even think about doing a budget. So most of us aren't. So don't feel bad about that, okay? Well, none of us are doing it. And most of us are overspending on uh, groceries, on eating out, um, gas even. And, uh, you know, with the advent of the Internet and all the shopping online, I don't want to tell you how many of us are addicted to buying clothes and shoes because we get these pop-up ads, okay, that say buy this and buy that. So save money by avoiding these certain, you know, I call them budget busters. Unwise food decisions. There's a reason why dining out is the top of the, you know, the budget buster list. It's fun. It's getting out. I get it. Um, But maybe you can try to go out to a less expensive place. Like instead of going to one of my favorite restaurants, maybe Jim and I can go to Taco Bell. I mean, we love Taco Bell. Uh, I'm in love with Mexican pizzas, so, you know, I'm kind of an addict. But, you know, maybe you can cut it out that way. Or, you know, maybe have social gatherings in your own home instead of going out. And maybe have people bring a dish. Say, bring your favorite dish. And beware of super savers that can bust you. For an example, a lot of people belong to, and that's fine to belong to Costco and Walmart and all these big things. But if there's only two people in your house, you may want to rethink that because you are buying too much, too many things in bulk, okay? But on the other hand, if you have a huge family, it's a great place for you to go, okay? So driving without an agenda. I know people that get in their car, go out, and don't even know that they, you know, I'm going to the cleaners, I'm going to the uh, grocery store, I'm going to go here. Make a list of where you're going. I always do. I write it down. I'm going to the post office to pick up the mail. You know, I'm going to Publix. I'm going. I make the list so that at least in my head, of course, I live in a big city too, Atlanta. So I need to know where I'm going, gas-wise, organization-wise. So always drive with an agenda. 
And then look for your credit card rewards. My husband and I did that a couple months ago. It was insane, the differences in credit card rewards. I could not believe all the credit card companies I called, American Express, Visa, and said, I have X amount of points. And they said, oh, do you want us to send you a gift card? You wouldn't believe it. We had $300 or $400 worth of gift cards. Crazy! Just from credit card rewards that we hadn't thought about. So think about it and compare how much you're getting back in different things. So again, little things when you're budgeting. Now you can get apps where there's, you know, discounting. You know, I, I get all of these apps with coupons. It's absolutely amazing. Every Sunday in the Atlanta Journal, they have like $200 worth of coupons. I'm not kidding. So Jim and I split it up and we go through them. We've been saving. I can't even tell you how much money by cutting out those coupons. And we always forget them, so I put them in my car so that I have them with me so that I don't, oh, they're back home. I forgot them. Nah. And it's fun, too, by the way. Um, and, you know, winging it. Many people have a retirement savings plan or, you know, a little something in case something happens. A dead car, you know, car battery, somebody who's sick that needs to, um, you know, borrow some money. Always keep a little emergency fund, okay? So it's huge. And again, back to the budgeting. Don't forget, family is huge on the budgeting. Budgeting is a family affair. It's really cool to bring your kids into the budgeting process so they can see how much you're spending on X, Y, and Z. Okay? So, I hope this has helped in some way. It's helped me. Um, made me a little anxious reliving my uh, past experiences with money. But um, and it hasn't been all uphill. I mean, believe me, we've had some drastic setbacks in our long marriage and in my long life. And I go back, you know, the triggers are my childhood, like everybody else's, and I'll go back in fear and panic, and then I have to take my deep breath, be honest, uh, get, rid of the, get rid of the money roommate, the old one, and say, sorry, I'm evicting you. It's a good image, too, of think of it as a roommate in your brain that's sitting there rent-free. Then bring in your new roommate that goes, hey, I keep the budget, and, you know, I create all this productivity. I got you. I got your back because it really does change. Also, please don't be ashamed of it. Um, I used to be terrified. I was, I started, uh, I'm the oldest, so I didn't want to confide in my brothers or sisters. Finally, one of my sisters, I started trusting a lot more and told her when I was panicking, it made me feel better. I was more honest with my husband because he's more confident and I was ashamed of, you know, how I felt about it. So be honest, at least if you're in a partnership, um, if you're, um, with uh, friends. You might get a friend. I have a good friend that I talk to about it, my sister. Um, I'm careful about not doing it with my children. Um, and the only reason, when they were growing up, they're adults now, but I didn't want them to get anxious. So we would talk about budgets and stuff, but I didn't want them to panic. I wanted them to feel confident. So that's a personal choice. Also, always go to counseling. You know, I've, I've lived in therapists, counselors, psychiatrists, you name it. Every flavor of Baskin-Robbins, my husband and I and the girls have been in our whole life because I um, had lots of roommates <laughs> in my head. It wasn't just the financial roommate. I had a whole boarding house <laughs> up in my head. So anyway, please join us at the Mindful Living Network where you can learn more about not only managing your money, but all kinds of topics. I mean, everything from parenting to 
uh, you know, cre creating a mindful family, you know, all kinds of things that you will learn that you can grow from at the Mindful Living Network. It's really, really important. We'd love to have you. We want to hear your voice. We're a family. Um, please check us out on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Please send us any comments you have, questions, podcast ideas, at our Contact Us on the Mindful Living website. Remember, let's, we've got to join together. Look what's happening to you know, our environment and our planet and the hate and everything. We can do this together. We can learn how to live more mindfully with reverent respect for each other and kindness and, and uh, facing community problems together and getting great ideas. Please, uh, no matter what race and no matter what demographic, uh, old, young, whatever, we, we've got to quit finding ways that separate us and realize we're one human family. So let's all join together at the Mindful Living Network to learn how to live mindfully as we heal and transform our world together. I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and thank you for the privilege of your time.